The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 10, season three of the Daily Intermission podcast. I am back in studio and unfortunately I'm solo today. Nate's taking some time away. You know, he's dealing with some uh, some mental health and he's just taking a break, a refresh. And, um, you know, he's uh, he's taking a little time off, which, you know, I think is good for, you know, for everyone involved and, and everyone can relate to, you know, just being exhausted, being a little burnt out. And, you know, I think uh, it's, you know, it is worth kind of analyzing, you know, you know, from the outside looking in, it looks like uh, our operation would be, you know, the dream gig. And and um, but we put a lot of hours, a lot of blood, sweat and tears into the daily intermission and, and it's time man and you know the amount of content and and trying to you know stay relevant in this industry is challenging so you know he's uh he's he's taking a break away some time away and um i guess you know for the foreseeable future i'll be having some guest hosts on so um you know from the different faculties of of sport whether it's golf hockey basketball you know, tennis, we'll have guests on and uh, we'll tell their stories, you know, talk about the relevant news in their fields. Um, but we'll keep on plugging away at this thing. You know, I just, I did want, I do want to say, you know, thank you for always listening. You know, thank you for the loyal fans and listeners who enjoy our podcast. You know, it's unbelievably, um, you know, flattering and, and um, you know, we, we really, you know, can't thank you guys enough for, for listening and tuning in uh, week after week. Um, but, uh, I did want to tell a story. My pregames, I think when I'm doing solo podcasts, what I'll do is I'll tell stories, um, you know, through my adventures of life. And, and I'm going to tell one about my second year of my undergrad when I got kicked out of a charity hockey game. Now, this sounds, I think at face value, obviously sounds incredibly awful, but at the university I attended at my undergrad, Acadia University, shout out, there was a business faculty versus kinesiology faculty hockey game. And it raised money um, for uh, charity and, and um, you know, a lot of the students at the school attended the game. And it was a quite a competitive game. You know, a lot of the players in the game played junior hockey, um, you know, had played higher level of hockey through their lives. So it was, a, it was a good competitive game. It was a hitting, there was hitting involved. I mean, uh, it was a good hockey game. So I was playing defense uh, for the business faculty, and um, I remember I was playing junior B at the time, and a teammate of mine, Kyle Cavanaugh, shout out Kyle, he was on the kinesiology team, and I remember there was a bit of a scrum out front, and uh, I was chatting with Cavi, and this guy kind of came over, and he sucker punched me with his glove on, kind of just right to the face, and Cavi looked at me, and he knew I was about to snap, and he said, Greg, don't do it. I dropped my gloves and absolutely pumped this guy. There's photos of it. I might I might share some photos on the uh, Daily Intermission page of me jerseying him after just dummying him. I pulled his jersey over his helmet. At the same time, I don't know if people are familiar with the East Coast Lifestyle brand. It's a brand that's been built out of Nova Scotia. It's well known in Atlanta, Canada. It's a clothing brand. But the CEO owner of that company, Alex McLean, was also in a fight during that time. So we both got kicked out of the game. And I'm telling you right now, 
you know, the, the dean of kinesiology, the dean of business, were not happy that we had just fought during a charity hockey game. But I was really left no choice. I mean, you know, you know people, and in sport, I mean, you've got these different mindsets, and I, and we snapped, and, and uh, you know, we, we had a couple beers, and it's funny, we ended up winning that game, and, you know, we were out there with half of our gear on and our dress shoes, but uh, but that was the time I got kicked out of the, uh, the faculty game. And for my third and fourth year, I was unable to play um, in that, uh, in that uh, charity game, the, um, yeah, the Kinesia, it was the, um, gosh, I'm trying to forget, I forget the name of the, uh, the cop that was played. Uh, but that was the time I got kicked out. But we're going to move into quarter one. We got some MLB talk, quarter two, NFL. And then in quarter three and four, I'm going to go through the each division in the NHL. And we'll talk a little bit about, you know, what we're thinking in terms of project, projections uh, for each division, what teams got better, which teams got worse, and what I expect, how I expect the chips to fall in the NHL this season. But we're going to start things off in the MLB here in quarter one. And the Toronto Blue Jays, a classic Toronto sports franchise, loses two straight to Seattle, and their season is done in the MLB. A lot of MLB analysts we've talked about it had the Toronto Blue Jays pegged to go on a nice run this season. It didn't come into fruition. Game one, Alec Manoa gets rocked. I didn't really like what Manoa had to say. Uh, pre-game, he had to say, or he said that uh, pressure was for tires. That his high school coach always told him that pressure was for tires. Well, he gets rocked, ends up giving up four earned runs. They lose 4 nothing. On the other side, Luis Castillo, who was acquired uh, at the trade deadline by the Mariners, ends up throwing an absolute gem. The Jays just could not hit this guy. Ended up losing 4 nothing. So we move on to Saturday. Okay. Another chance here. Trevor Goss is on the round on the mound versus R.A. Dickey, the former Cy Young winner who played in Toronto last year. And the Jays look great. They're up 8-1. Things are fantastic. The stadium's rocking. You think, okay, we're going to game three on Sunday. Not so fast. The Jays end up absolutely collapsing, losing 10-9, and their season is done. It's just, I don't, this, this Toronto sports market cannot catch a break. It's, it, it is really remarkable how much of a choke job they, they put on year after year in the playoffs. And I do feel bad for them because, you know, on paper and all the analysts and all of the sports content that we deal with in Atlanta, Canada is always just focused around these Toronto markets. And they have just been on a historically awful run. I mean, outside of the 2019 championship that the Raptors won, which obviously, you know, was very special in its own right. But the other teams have just been brutal. Anyway, the Jays are done. The Mariners will move on and play the Astros, which will be a fun series to watch. But the other series, the uh, the Guardians end up sweeping the Rays, which was was surprising. The Rays, obviously a gritty team in the playoffs. I think both Nate and I had picked the Rays to beat the Guardians. But the Guardians end up taking care of the Rays two straight games. The game two ended up going to 15 innings. They won 1-0. So just an absolute defensive pitching battle in those games. But the Guardians will now move on and play the Yankees. The Phillies end up beating the Cardinals in two straight very rattling for me. I was all over the Cardinals. I wanted to see, like I've said, Albert Pujols. I wanted to see Adam Wainwright. I wanted to see Yadier Molina, three absolute legends in the modern years of MLB. I wanted to see them go on a little playoff run, but that won't be the case because they get swept by the Phillies and the Phillies will move on and play the Atlanta Braves. The Padres. The Padres ended up turning heads. Nate predicted this. Ended up the only 
series that needed three games in this wild card round ended up beating the uh, the Mets in three games. They ended up winning six nothing in Game Three, and the Mets were rattled. The Mets uh, manager went out to the pitching uh, mound during the game, and they wanted uh, Musgrove, who was pitching for the Padres, they wanted them checked out for sticky stuff, and it was just a scene. And Musgrove was taunting the bench after this had transpired, but the Padres ended up moving on, and uh, and they will move on and play the Dodgers. So in the second round, in the divisional round of the MLB playoffs, we'll have Phillies, Braves, Mariners, Astros, Yankees, Guardians, and Padres, Dodgers. So in the AL, the Mariners and Astros, I like the Astros. I think the Astros win this. Five-game series, I just think the Astros are the better team. And uh, that will be my narrative. They've been the better team all season. They had a phenomenal season. They've got two phenomenal pitchers in Verlander and the the other gentleman, his name has escaped me, but the, the gentleman who went on the longest streak of quality starts in the history of the MLB. And then we've got the Yankees and Guardians. And I'm going to ride with the Yankees in this one. I think the Yankees are poised to go on a nice little run and meet the Astros in the AL final. So I'm going to go with the Yankees over the Guardians. Over in the NL, we've got the Phillies and Braves. I think the Braves win this. The Braves, obviously, the the reigning world champs. They have stormed to the finish line at the end of the regular season. I don't know if the Phillies are those guys. Are they those guys? I don't think so. I think the Braves take care of this against the Phillies, and I think the Dodgers end up beating the Padres. This could be a fun series, though, if the Padres can dig deep and continue to play well, but I think the Dodgers do take care of them. So I predict a 1-2-1-2 in the NL and AL, so no real rocket science involved in my MLB predictions. But it was fun having the MLB on Friday, Saturday. Unfortunately, Sunday, I was kind of more captivated by the, there was only the one game, obviously, uh, with the uh, Mets and Padres, but I was more captivated by the NFL football that was going on. So let's move into it. Quarter two. Some NFL football here for you folks. And on Thursday night, the Broncos end up losing to the Colts, 12-9. And in the chalkboard app, a lot of people were watching this game and uh, me being one of them, and, and and this is why the chalkboard app is so so quality is is do is when there's these Thursday night football games or the Monday nighter like there is tonight for yesterday for the listeners. Uh, it's a fantastic way to enjoy the game with people watching. So if you're watching alone, especially, and you've got time to chime in with the group chat, I mean, the group chat is humming all game long, just talking about each play, ripping in, I mean, especially in this one, ripping into Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson. I mean, it was an absolute stinker of a game. But Russell Wilson continues to look just, you know, unorganized and and uh, distraught almost and this this Broncos offense just I just don't know what they're good at and I've talked about it in past episodes I just have no idea what the game plan is and I don't know if that falls on rookie head coach Nathaniel Hackett but they have been god awful and the Colts end up squeaking it out I mean Matt Ryan he looked okay he had a few muffin picks as he does but I mean, it's going to be interesting to see moving forward. I'm going to hold on to Russell Wilson. For all the fantasy owners that have Russell Wilson on their teams, he still has six in-division games versus very high-powered offenses in the Chargers, Raiders, and, and Chiefs. And I think that he's going to have to ball out a little bit and uh, and and look a little bit better, and I, I'm still I'm still not uh, sold that Russell is completely washed up. But the Broncos end up losing to the Colts on Thursday Night Football. Just a brief Sunday update. I'm not going to talk about every single game, but I'll talk about some of the highlights that uh, that happened over Sunday. The Packers in the early game in England, I think 99% of the world was on the Packers to win this game. Danny Pennies 
ends up getting it done for the New York Giants. Saquon Barkley looked fantastic, had a touchdown, 71 yards on the ground, a few catches. Um, he's looked really good this year. Healthy Saquon, it's good to see because he's struggled the last few seasons with injuries and obviously out of Penn State, such a highly touted prospect. But the, the Packers end up losing to the Giants, which is such a surprise. The Giants are 4-1, and one, man. Unbelievable. Great win for the Giants in England for over the Packers. A couple third-string quarterbacks in action out of the AFC East. Uh, New Eng- the New England Patriots end up absolutely dismantling the Detroit Lions. And Bailey Zappi gets his first win. First uh, NFL rookie to start a game. And the third string for the Miami Dolphins. Skyler Thompson, I do believe. Seventh rounder this year. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater goes down. And obviously when he got down and went into the locker room, you knew for a fact he was not returning because of the Tua situation and due to the fact that the new doctors were not taking a risk at their career or their new job. So... I guess Teddy Bridgewater was good to go. Like he wasn't, you know, he he wasn't concussed. But I think just in terms of visually and and for the entire image of the Miami Dolphins, they were not letting uh, Teddy Bridgewater return to this game. So Miami ends up getting dusted by the Jets and New England absolutely dusts the Detroit Lions. The Cowboys and Cooper Rush continue to impress. And I think that, with Dak, Dak brings a lot of electricity. He likes to throw the ball downfield. He likes to throw the ball for 400 yards. Cooper Rush is more of a game manager. Chunk away at it. Run the ball. And their defense has been absolutely buzzing. I know Micah Parsons was injured last night, but they beat the Rams 22-10 to on an absolute dusting. Not a, not a game that a lot of people predicted. But the Cowboys are 4-1. And now you think, okay, Dak's probably healthy. Dak's probably ready to go. But do you change? Do you put him back in right now? Cooper Rush has looked fantastic. They're undefeated with Cooper Rush. I mean, I think you've got to keep Cooper Rush rolling and grooving until he doesn't look good. I mean, I know it's going to suck for Dak because obviously he's a Pro Bowl quarterback who, you know, is an unbelievable upside. And like I said, throws for hundreds of yards a game. But I mean, I don't think you change up this winning lineup. It's kind of like a superstition thing in sports. Like, If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I remember in junior hockey, even when we'd win, you don't change the lineup after a win. Like, even if one of your top players was healthy, ready to rock, it's like, sorry, man, we're going to wait one more game here just to see how it looks. And uh, I think that's going to be the case uh, for the Cowboys. The Ravens end up winning Sunday night or over the Cincinnati Bengals on a game-winning field goal from Justin Tucker. Bit of a snoozer. I wanted to see more offense. One guy in particular that I'm expecting to you know break out here soon and have a monstrous game, and I'll be betting him uh, for over on yards and a anytime touchdown. I'll be pairing those two probably for the next two to three weeks is Jamar Chase. He's been fairly quiet, and Joe Burrow hasn't looked like he did last year. And uh, the Ravens, I mean, Lamar Jackson certainly has to be the leading MVP candidate, him and Josh Allen. Uh, but the Ravens ended up getting it down. And I mean, if people watched that Bills game, I wasn't going to talk about it. But Josh Allen threw for 342 yards and four touchdowns in the first half. It was an absolute dismantling against the Pittsburgh Steelers and Kenny Tumitz Pickett. He was tossing muffins around the field. It's tough for rookie quarterbacks to come in and look good in the NFL. It is really challenging. And he did not look like he had it. And do you go back to Mitch Trubisky? There's drama in Pittsburgh. And man, they're having a tough season with that quarterback uh, room right now. It is tough, tough, tough. Just grabbing a drink of coffee here, ladies and gentlemen. 
But tonight, the Monday Nighter, we got the Raiders heading into Arrowhead. The Chiefs are minus two favorites. Division game. I like the, the Raiders to keep this close. The Raiders, I, I know uh, Nate mentioned last episode that the Raiders did get absolutely blown out in Arrowhead last season. I think the Chiefs win this. I'm going to be on the Chiefs minus two. It seems like the more logical bet to me. I think when I when I look at games that I'm not overly excited or thrilled to bet on, I just think, okay, let's break it down. Who's the better team? Who's the better quarterback? I think it's Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I think all around they 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 impress me more week to week than the Raiders have certainly this season. And I'm going to be riding the Chiefs. I like that minus two at home. I think uh, obviously Arrowhead is just one of the more electric, loud stadiums in the NFL. So I will be riding the Kansas City Chiefs this week over the Las Vegas Raiders. And that'll conclude the NFL talk. So on Thursday, I'm not sure who I'm going to have in for a guest yet. That will be announced on Wednesday. But we'll break down, hopefully, uh, an NFL guest, and we'll break down what we think uh, Week 6 has in store for us. Maybe talk a little bit of college football. And if you're ever looking for Saturday college parlays, college football bets, which I find is extremely difficult to bet on because I feel as if there's just massive upsets every week. Uh, But there's always people in the chalkboard app giving nice narratives out during the college football Saturdays. All right, let's get into it. This is going to be the bulk of the episode here. I'm going to roll through each division in the NHL, the Atlantic, the Metropolitan, the Pacific, the Central, and the East and West, and we'll talk about the teams, talk about different moves teams have made, talking about how poised these teams are to go on nice regular season runs and make the playoffs this year, and we're going to start things off in the Atlantic. So the eight teams in the Atlantic, the Florida Panthers, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Boston Bruins, the Ottawa Senators, the Montreal Canadiens, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Buffalo Sabres. That was in no particular order because I will give my order later on. But let's start things off with the Florida Panthers. Obviously last year being the President's Trophy winner. I don't think we've seen as much turnover from a President's Cup winner, uh, President's Trophy winner, I do apologize. I mean, new head coach and Paul Maurice, who... For listeners, know I'm a huge fan of. Uh, they end up trading Jonathan Huberto away and Mackenzie Weger away for Matthew Kachuk. They've signed Spencer Knight, gave him a little bit of stability uh, with contract. I like this Florida Panthers team. Do I think they're going to win the President's Cup? No. Do I think they're going to finish first in this division? Not even close. Uh, do I think they got better? I don't think so. I think Barkov and Huberto had one of the best one-two chemistry in the league. I know they wanted to change up their formula by bringing in a player like Matthew Kachuk, but I don't know what this is going to look like. I really don't know. There's some question marks for me surrounding this team. So the Florida Panthers, to me, are going to be a little bit worse than they were last season. But we'll move into the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs. I find Kyle Dubas does such a fantastic job at kind of fiddling around with his bottom six. uh, With the cap space that he has. But the biggest news out of Toronto was obviously their goaltending. Now they brought in Matt Murray from Ottawa. They've brought in Ilya Samsonov from Washington, and those will be the the, the goaltending duo for them. They got rid of, uh, obviously, Peter Morazic and Jack Campbell. So the Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously, they're going to be dependent on their top guns. They're going to need Austin Matthews to have another fantastic season. I don't know if he's going to follow up by winning another Hart Trophy, but Mitch Marner would be a 100-point guy. So that top line with Michael Bunting seemed to be fantastic, and I expect them to be great this year. This second line is where I'm going to draw some question marks. John Tavares right now is dealing with some injuries, but we've seen in the past few seasons he's lost a step for sure. Willie Nylander, maybe the softest guy in the Leafs. Is he going to come in? He looked like a, he is he going to come in and play a little bit more, you know, more tough, play a different brand of hockey. I'm not sure. Uh, looks like, um, gosh, 
Nick or Nick Robertson is going to be the left winger on that line. It looks like he cracked the squad. He looks like he's grown. I mean, if he's anything like his brother in Dallas, if he can take some strides to be, you know, any sort of a player like that, obviously he's much smaller, but um, I think he's got a lot of upside in that organization. What's his second line going to bring to the table? Because they're going to have to pull their weight. And then their third line, I mean, they've got Engvall, they've got uh, Kerfoot. Um, they brought in, they signed Aston Reese. They've got uh, Kubal, Abel Kubal. I'm not sure his name from Colorado. I mean, there are some good players on this team. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if they remain competitive. Their end, their their back end is a little bit banged up. The Toronto Maple Leafs had a great year last year, well over 100 points. Um, they've been great in the regular season for five years now. Obviously, they've circled the date of the first round of the playoffs, but you've got to get there. The NHL, it's not easy to make the playoffs. Teams are getting more competitive every year that Toronto misses out. I'm not sure where Toronto, I'm not sure where to stand on Toronto, but we'll get into it afterwards. The Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning are going to be a wagon again. As long as you have the foundation of Stamkos, Point, and Kucherov up front, and Hedman, Sergachev on the back end, and you've got Andre Vasilevsky, the best goaltender in the world, in between the pipes, you're going to be a very strong team. John Cooper knows how to get these guys going. I expect these guys to be a very scary team once again. I think the Tampa Bay Lightning, I mean, they lost Ryan McDonough to Nashville, um, but I think that this team is going to be strong. I think they're going to be good again, and I don't think that that's much of a surprise to anyone listening. The Boston Bruins, obviously my favorite team, so this might be a biased take, but I think the Boston Bruins are very solid from the goaltending position out. I think that Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark are very talented one-two punch, maybe the one or the one of the better one-two punches in the league in the goaltending situation. Their defense, fantastic. Matt Grizzlick, Charlie McAvoy. They'll be without Charlie McAvoy for a little bit, but that's all right. Derek Forbert, just a mean, gritty defense and blocks a million shots a game. Hampus Lindholm, they're still scraping him off the ice in Carolina after he got hit by Shvechnikov, but he's a fantastic defenseman too. I really like that pickup. If he can play a little bit more, you know, with a little bit more edge, a little bit more sandpapery, I think that he's going to be a fantastic fit. And then up front, you don't forget about your Taylor Hall, your... David Pasternak, your Patrice Bergeron, your Brad Marchand, your David Krejci, who's making his return, your Charlie Coyles and Craig Smith, and they brought in Pavel Zaka. I mean, this team is going to be good again. This team is going to be competitive. It's the Boston Bruins. It seems like for the last 10 years, we know what they're going to bring. Even if they get off to slow starts, they go on these absolute massive tears and they find a way to make the playoffs. So I expect the Bruins to be a playoff team this year. The Ottawa Senators, <clears throat> this team made a ton of fantastic moves in the offseason. <clears throat> I tip my cap to Pierre Dorian. I mean, bringing in Alex Dabrinkat and Claude Giroux, <clears throat> unbelievable. I mean, you've just inserted some serious juice into your top six. Drake Batherson, another season. Um, he's going to look fantastic this year. Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Tim Stutz, all a year older, all paid, all ready to rock. I think this Ottawa Senators team is getting ready to be a playoff team. Jake Sanderson's look great. He is like Shabbat 2.0. I don't know if anybody's watched him play yet, but he's fantastic. He looks like he's going to be able to comfortably log 22 minutes a game and be just a staple back on the back end for the Ottawa Senators. The big question mark is Cam Talbot's now injured. They're the goaltender that they brought in from Minnesota. He's out for a couple months. So is Anton Forsberg going to be good enough to get some wins off the get-go? Ottawa's problem for the last few seasons has they've been 1-8 and eight off the get-go, 2-6 and six off the get-go. They've been awfully slow out of the game. So the Ottawa Senators, I think, can make some noise and push and push for this fifth, fourth position in the in the Atlantic, maybe even higher. I do like the Ottawa Senators this year. 
The Detroit Red Red Wings. Love their goaltending in Detroit. Delkovich, stud. I love Moritz Sider. Lucas Raymond is a freak. They've got a lot of young talent here in Detroit. Do I think that they're ready to make the next step? No. They're going to be a bottom four team for me in the Atlantic this year. But I do think that Detroit is building towards something. They continue to draft well. Stevie Y is a guy who knows how to put together a beautiful foundation and and um, and blueprint for a team. So I think uh, Detroit is building, but they're not going to make the playoffs. Montreal Canadiens, obviously the loss of Carey Price is going to be tough, but Marty St. Louis injected something different into this organization last year. And I think that this is a sneaky team. This is a team that could make some noise. A lot of people are writing them off. And, uh, and the Montreal Canadiens are going to be an interesting team. Do I think they make the playoffs? No. Obviously, drafting Slavkowski first overall. They've got this defenseman now. His last name starts with an X. He's an absolute monster. He's like six foot seven. Do I think the Montreal Canadiens, they're poised to get better? Do I think this is the year where they get back into the playoffs? No. Do I think that in the, in the next few seasons, they could make some noise? Absolutely. The Buffalo Sabres, similar to the Detroit Red Wings, they're building. They're getting better. They've got a bunch of young studs. This will be the first season we see Owen Power for the entirety of the year. Rasmus Dalin made a lot of strides last year. <clears throat> they announced Kyle Oposo, which I found as surprising as their captain. It's going to be interesting to see what this team does, but they're a bottom four team, and uh, I don't expect them to be a playoff contender. So my bottom four teams in the division this year are going to be the Detroit Wings, the Montreal Canadiens, the Buffalo Sabres, and the Ottawa Senators. And I'm going to go with the exact four teams that made the playoffs last year. I think the four teams that come out of the Atlantic this year are the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Boston Bruins, the Florida Panthers, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm not sure what order I like them in, but I think that those are the four teams that are the strongest, the teams that are battle-tested, and the teams that are ready to rock out of the Atlantic. Moving in to the Metropolitan. And we'll start off with the Carolina Hurricanes. Rod Brennamore knows how to get these guys rocking. This is a scary team. These guys are an absolute wagon. They dismantled the Boston Bruins last year in the playoffs. I think Carolina is going to be very good again. Obviously, acquiring Brent Burns on that back end to join Slavin is amazing. Um, you've got just, I mean, this Sebastian Ajo guy, he kind of, you know, rides, uh, goes under the radar. Tara Tara Vinen, um, the young kid, I forget his name right now, uh, right? He kind of came onto the scene last year, but obviously Svechnikov. I mean, these guys are deep. They play very hard. And uh, you've got Frederick Anderson on Toronto who are a credible duo. I think Carolina is going to be a very good team, and they're going to make the playoffs again. The team that I think is going to win the division this year is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sidney Crosby, is he's we've seen it in other sports. When athletes take care of themselves like they do these days, their careers are prolonged. And I think Sidney Crosby is going to have a big year. Evgeny Malkin's now healthy and signed. Chris Letang signed. They brought in Jeff Petrie from from Pittsburgh. Let's not for, let's not forget about a healthy Ricard Raquel who they traded for from Anaheim. You got Jeff Carter absolutely buzzing. It's going to be interesting to see what this team does and I think they make a lot of noise. Tristan Jari obviously was a fantastic surprise last year. He made a lot of strides. So I think the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to be a handful. I think any team that has Sidney Crosby at the forefront of their leadership is going to be a tough team. So I think the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to be a wagon. The New York Rangers Obviously, an incredible run last year. They went to the Cup Finals last year. Shesterkin, a Hart Trophy candidate, 
the renowned second-best goaltender in the league. This is an opportunity for him to surpass Andre Vasilevsky as the best goaltender in the league. The New York Rangers are going to be very good again. I don't know if Chris Kreider can score 50 goals again. Zibanejad is a stud. Do we see Kako and Lafreniere take strides? Do we see Patty Keane get acquired at some point this season? I think the New York Rangers are going to be very good again, and they are going to be certainly a playoff team. The Washington Capitals, a team that has a ton of question marks around them. When's Nick Backstrom coming back? What's Alexander Ovechkin going to look like? Is Tom Wilson that guy? What's Ovini, What's Evgeny Kuznetsov going to be playing like? They brought in Connor Brown, an incredible depth piece there. John Carlson's obviously a freak of nature. Orlov. I mean, they're definitely, they definitely have the blueprint and the makeup to be a very competitive team. They brought in Darcy Kempfer from the Colorado Avalanche, fresh off a cup win. Can he stabilize the back end more than, than Simsonov and Vanacek? We'll see. Do I think they're a playoff team? I think for sure a fringe playoff team, they're going to be competitive. The New York Islanders. This is a team that got off to a very slow start last year. Remember their their, their arena was under renovations and they played like the first 12 to 15 games on the road and got off to an awful start? Well, they've got rid of... Uh, of oh, shoot. His name is his escaped me. But I think this Islanders team under Lou Lamorello and under... Um, I can't think of his name. Short and pudgy coach who they fire. Well, his right-hand man is now the head coach in New York. But I think that this team's going to be better than they were last year. I'm not sure how good they're going to be. But I think that they're going to be a team that's going to be competitive and a team that's going to make a push for the playoffs. The Philadelphia Flyers under John Tortorella. Obviously dealing with some serious injuries last year. What's Carter Hart look like? Sean Couturier is injured. Is Travis Konecki going to make a step? Is Kevin Hayes going to be a better player than he was last year? It's going to be interesting to see what the Philadelphia Flyers are. Are they going to be a playoff team? Not in my opinion. New Jersey Devils, a year older with your studs like Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. You brought in Andre Pilat. What are the New Jersey Devils going to look like? You've got the, the young Luke Hughes on, the end, on defense. You've got um, Dougie Hamilton. Your goaltending, you brought in Vanacek from Washington. You've got Mackenzie Blackwood. Do I think they're a playoff team? Not, not even close. Do I think this team is a bottom three team in the Metropolitan? I think this is where, that's where they're going to finish. The Columbus Blue Jackets. The Columbus Blue Jackets bringing in Johnny Goudreau. They got Elvis Merzlikens in the back end. Is this team a playoff team? Not yet. Zach Wierenski's a beast. I think Patrick Laine might have a great season. I just don't think this team and the totality of the team is going to be competitive enough. The four teams, I think, out of the Metro Division that are going to make the playoffs are the Rangers, Penguins, and Hurricanes for sure. And I think the Islanders and Capitals battle it out for that fourth spot. I think that the certain... The certain teams to miss the playoffs are going to be the Flyers, Devils, and Jackets. So you can tell me what do you think about those takes. Moving into the Central. In my opinion, maybe the weakest division in the NHL. That might be a cold take. It's just because of the Chicago Blackhawks and Arizona Coyotes that are at the bottom. And I'm not going to talk much about these teams. Obviously, Chicago is we expect them to have a bit of a fire sale as they did. Trading away Kirby Dock, trading away Don Strom, trading away just a lot of their young pieces. They're probably going to end up trading away Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. So I don't think they're going to be very good. Uh, that goaltending situation is awful. Uh, and obviously the Arizona Coyotes, they continue to just be absolutely awful. Their team looks like an AHL lineup when you look at their uh, daily face-off starting lineup. So those two teams are going to be the basement teams for me. We'll go back to the top. The defending Stanley Cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche, are going to be an absolute wagon. I mean, I expect Kale McCarr to have an absolute gigantic season as is 
Nathan McKinnon, uh, Rant and Alandis Cog, you know, ca- uh, assistant captain in the ship. Like, I mean, this team is going to be an absolute monstrous team. Again, just they just are just so deep. I think Gorgiev is going to be just fine in, in, in between the pipes. And I know they lost Kadri, um, but they're, they're young pieces as well. Um, you know, are just going to be fantastic. Uh, I can't think Bowen Byram is, is a fantastic defenseman. Um, I, I mentioned Devin Taves. I mean, you've got Sam Gerrard Johnson is back. It's a, it's, it's a wagon top to bottom in Colorado and they're going to be right in the mix to win the central division again. I think the second best team in the central is the St. Louis blues. They got Robert Thomas signed long-term. They got Jordan Cairo song long, long signed long-term. You've got your Ryan O'Reilly's. You've got your Justin Fox and Tory Krug to provide some leadership. Vinny Hughes. looked fantastic. And Jordan Bennington. I think they've got a nice duo in between the pipes as well. I think the St. Louis blues are going to be another fantastic, are going to have another fantastic year. And they're going to be right in the mix and competitive in the central division, a team that I expect to bounce back new coach, um, and, uh, and I think, you know, I think they, they just struggled last year. I mean, Paul Maurice leaving, uh, was not good for the locker room, but I think the Winnipeg Jets are going to be better this year. And I think the Winnipeg Jets are going to make the playoffs. I think Connor Hellebuck plays fantastic. Their decor is definitely a big question mark for me, but I think they've got a ton of studs up front. Kyle Connor, the most underrated player in the NHL, Mark Shifley, Nikolai Ehlers, Blake Wheeler. I mean, you've got a plenty, you've got a plethora of, of, of nice talent, um, in, um, in Winnipeg, and I think that this team's going to be competitive. I think this team's going to make the playoffs this year. The Minnesota Wild and Kirill Kaprizov obviously jumps off the page here. Great team. This team's just a gritty team, night in, night out. They're a tough team. They We talked about it last season. They play a brand of hockey that's extremely tough to play against. J, uh, Jared Spurgeon leading the back end. Matthew Dumba. Uh, Marcus Foligno plays extremely tough up front. But I really like this team. Uh, I think Marc-Andre Fleury is a fantastic goaltender. Obviously a first ballot Hall of Fame goaltender that hopefully he can have a good season. But I think the Wild are going to be my fourth team. So those are going to be my four playoff teams. The Avalanche, the Blues, the Jets, and the Wild out of the Central. And I think the two that missed that might be a surprise to people are the Predators and Stars. The National Predators got carried last year by their goaltending and UC Saros when he got injured. Obviously, their playoff hopes went down the drain. And Roman Yossi, I'm not sure if he's going to back up and have another Norris caliber season with like 94 points. I just am not sold that the National Predators are going to be as competitive as they were last year. But that's a team that I think that could be on the verge of, of fighting for the fourth spot is the Predators. The Stars, for me, are kind of in an awkward situation where they've got some young studs and Rupe Hints and Jason Robertson and Miro Heiskanen in the back end. I just don't know if this team, if Jake Ottinger plays like he did last year, well, this is certainly going to be a team that's going to make a run at the playoffs. But, I mean, Tyler Sagan and Joe Pavelski and, J- and Jamie Benn, I mean, these guys are on the back nine of their careers, and I'm just not sold that they're going to be overly competitive. And finally, we're going to move into the Pacific. And the Pacific is where I've got my Cub champions pegged, the Edmonton Oilers. I expect the Edmonton Oilers to win this division. Connor McDavid is going to do some stupid things this season. And you've got the third best player on the planet in Leon Dreisaitl on that team. You've now got goaltending that's not Mike Smith and, and Koskinen. You've got now I've got Jake or Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner, who people expect to, to be to make some serious strides this season. So I think the Edmonton Oilers are going to be an absolute wagon this season. I think they're going to win this division, and and I expect Edmonton to make a lot of noise. And I think the Calgary Flames are going to be right on their heels. I mean, I loved what Bradshaw Living did this season. He was absolutely incredible. Bringing in Jonathan Huberto, bringing in Mackenzie Weger, bringing in Nazem Kadri. I mean, you've got a blueprint outside of those guys. Elias Lindholm, Mangiapane played well this season. Tyler Toffoli, Milan Lichich. I mean, you've got a plethora of guys that are just 
hard nose, hard to play against, and I expect the Calgary Flames to come second in the Pacific and to be right there. And this is when it gets interesting. There's a lot of teams here that you could see having a great season. They've got high ceilings. They've got great players. Or you could see them, you know, missing out, losing some games that they should win. And these are the three teams that I have going for two spots. I've got the Vegas Golden Knights, the LA Kings, and the Vancouver Canucks. Those three teams, I've got them battling it out for the final two spots in the Pacific. I think the Vegas Golden Knights could have a decent season. You've got Mark Stone healthy. You've got Jack Eichel. What can he do? Obviously, Petrangelo on the back end. The biggest question mark for me will be the goaltending. Robin Leonard's not going to play this season. They've got Logan Thompson and um, is it Freddie Franchez? I'm not sure who's who's the backup goaltender in Las Vegas, but they're not going to be, uh, you know, jumping off the page to you, and 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 certainly uh, aren't going to you know be be. This is just such a blemish of of a of a talking point in the uh, in the podcast, but I'm not sure. I'm not sold in the goaltending there in Vegas. The LA Kings obviously made a lot of strides last season. They looked fantastic. I think the LA Kings um, are going to be good. Bringing in Kevin Fiala, um, Kopitar still looks good. Got a bunch of young players, and that duo of Jonathan Quick and Carl Pedersen last year looked great. So I think the Vancouver, or I think the LA Kings are going to be right in the mix for that fourth playoff spot. I think Bruce, where it is, Bruce Boudreau is going to have the Vancouver Canucks on a better trajectory this season. Thatcher Demko is an incredible, incredible goaltender, and uh, I think that they are going to be fantastic this season. I think they're going to have a much better year than they did last year. So I think the Canucks and Kings and Knights will fight for those three, four spots. And I think the bottom three teams in the division are going to be the Ducks, Sharks, and Crack. And it's odd that the Ducks and Sharks aren't going to be competitive, but the rosters are very young. They're not as star-powered as the rest of the division. So I think these teams are going to miss out. And finally, the Seattle Kraken are a clear expansion team. They are in a full rebuild. They're they're growing their young players, and they are going to be dead last in this division, I expect. And that's going to conclude the NHL recap. That was tough to do by myself, but I think I got the point across. I like the Edmonton Oilers. I like the Colorado Avalanche. I like the Tampa Bay Lightning. I like the Carolina Hurricanes. I think those are your four top teams in the NHL. And uh, I'm excited for it to, the puck to drop on Thursday. So the betting will be constant in the chalkboard app, constant on the Instagram page, and uh, and I'm excited for the NHL season. Listen, folks, as always, I appreciate you guys tuning in. We will have, it won't just be my voice. I will rarely do this. Hopefully never have a single podcast. And uh, everyone, uh, you know, make sure you send uh, Nate a message and, and um, you know, make sure he's holding up and making sure he's getting his rest and rejuvenation. And listen, folks, we will catch you on Thursday. I appreciate you guys. Peace. Peace.